I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things to do with my family during the holiday season is we go look at the Brea Christmas lights. Anybody else do Christmas lights? You guys are the, you know, the, you go find the neighborhood, right? Yeah, there was, when I was young, it, there was a, a street in La Mirada. I don't even know if that street still does it, but there was this house that used to just go bananas on the decorations. Now, as an adult, I take my family, we go to the Brea lights, uh, but then there's like the, um, there's like the Newport, is it Newport that does like the, the parade, yeah, the, all that kind of, I mean, so now it's, it's a big deal, right? We love to go look at, at lights, and, and why? Why do we like to do that? What, what's so big about, you know, lights that we will, you know, make time and carve time out of our, our busy schedules and just go and stare at these things, right? But there's something about lights that's attractive, that, that even though, by the way, same homes, And most of these homes, same decorations every year, and yet we go every year, right? Obviously, it's become tradition, but still, you're just, I'm still amazed after doing it year after year after year after year, you're walking down, and what would normally be a very dim-lidded neighborhood throughout the rest of the year becomes, I mean, literally this bright beacon in the city of Brea that even when you're just driving down the street, you're like, there it is. You can't miss it. And, of course, you see the line of cars waiting to, you know, drive up and down the streets. And we always get out and walk. And we get our Starbucks, you know, hot chocolate or coffees or whatever. And we're all snuggled in. And, and, it, and it's always such a fun time. But there's something about light, right? There's something about light that attracts us, like, like a moth to a flame, right? You know, we're like those... Those moths that just, you know, beeline. But there's something so attractive about light. And it's interesting about that concept because Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. He, he claimed this. I mean, this is a, a, a very um, serious kind of proclamation, right? This is a very serious title he's given himself. I am the light of the world. And what does that mean? And, and, and we're going to talk about that this month. We're going to talk about, you know, that, that the light of the world is here. And that's the thing, you guys. We don't need to go searching far for it. In fact, if you're even asking yourself the question, you know, how do I get there? All you simply need to do is just open your eyes. And because the light of the world is so bright, it's not something hidden. It's not something you'll have to go far to search for, and we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks, even the, the wise men who went searching for this light or followed this light, it's not something that you'll have to go far for because it is here. And God, it, it, you know, shows himself to us when we are looking and when, we're, when our hearts are open, especially when our eyes are open, you know, the light of the world will penetrate through any darkness, Anything that's going on in your lives. And, and, and I, I just want to share a, a really quick personal story. My wife and I have gone through some really, really dark times in our life. Many of you know, many of you are, are close to us. And, and uh, you know, my wife and I have actually gone through child loss. It was the most darkest, and I know that's a double negative right there, darkest. It, is the, it was the darkest time of my life. I... I you know, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I, I couldn't understand. And literally, the world seemed dark to me. It seemed like only death 
was around me. But a miracle happened through that time. A miracle and literally the light of God pierced that darkness and we were able, and I don't know how, even if you were to ask me, how were you able to walk through a time like that? And I, the only answer I can give to you was that we kept seeing God around every turn. You know, every time that we would just go down this road, we just kept seeing God, the light of God, penetrate such a dark, dark time in our life. That is the only way we got through it. In fact, a scripture that became so personal to me during that time was, was David's psalm, you know, even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you are with me. I felt that. I had, I had read that scripture over and over and over in my life. And, and it was never more personable to me than in that moment. When I was experiencing death. When I was literally seeing death in front of me. When something that had been given to me was being ripped from me. And I felt so dark and I felt like I, you know, didn't even know if I wanted to live myself. And God penetrated that darkness. And I literally felt his presence as that scripture says, walk with me through that dark time. That is the power of the light of God. That as, as Chuck was sharing this morning, that it's kind of like the difference between joy and happiness. See, happiness is fleeting, Right? You can be happy right now, but in a couple hours, you can be very unhappy. But joy, joy is something that sustains. Joy is something that even in the midst of, of, of tragedy or even in the midst of, of anguish or the midst of pain, joy is something that seems to kind of undergird you and provides the strength that you didn't even realize you had. It's the same thing with this light that God gives us, that even in the darkest moments of your life, even when you feel like I can't see any further in front of me, that somehow the light of God kind of penetrates through that and you just, you're able to just keep going. That's the light of God. I want to look at a scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, it's, it's in the book of John. John being one of the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth Gospel. I love this story because it gives me hope. It gives me hope. And, and, and this is where we're going to see when Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world. John chapter 8, and we are going to go from verse 1 through to verse 12. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, I just love the way it reads. So if you're on your, um, your phones or your apps and you want to pull up the New Living Translation, uh, I'll be reading that one. John chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Now Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And he was speaking, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? 
They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and he said to this woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Such a dramatic and powerful story because here, and and to be honest with you, all of us have kind of been on both sides of this story, right? You know, some of us have, have been on the side where we're pointing the finger and we say, hey, look at that person, right? They're sinning or they're breaking the law. You know, they need to be dealt with. But we all can relate to this woman too, who, who not only had sinned, but literally she had been caught in it. And these men, they, they grab her and, and isn't it interesting? She's Caught in the act of adultery, correct? Doesn't that take two people? Isn't it interesting that there's only one person being thrown in front of Jesus? Where's the other, right? Where's the guy in this story? So already, you know, you can see the hypocrisy. This wasn't about, you know, breaking rules or anything like that. That Jesus was, was literally facing such hypocrisy. And, and that is why he reacts the way he does. And so they, they bring this woman in front of him. And, and, and Jesus, I want you just to, to note, Jesus never went against the law, right? They said the law says to stone her. That was the Mosaic law. That was the law that God had given because still, sin still needs to be dealt with, right? So Jesus doesn't say, yeah, we're, we're, we're just gonna pass on that one. We're gonna give her a pass. What Jesus does is Jesus says, okay, that is the law. So then if it's going to be right for her, that means it's gonna be right for all of you. So the first person who has no sin Cast the first stone. And of course, nobody does. Everybody answers the question, we're all sinners. The Bible, in fact, even says all have sinned. All fall short of of the glory of God. So if we are going to dare stand and accuse one person of their sin, what do we need to be careful of? We need to be careful that we have dealt with our own sin. And, and of course, to, you know, to, to throw her in, in front of Jesus, they were, they were really trying to trap Jesus because they were wanting to, you know, they did not like him. He was he's a pot stirrer. He was really making a lot of problems for the, the, the religious leaders of the day because their hearts had been hardened. They were all about law, 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 rules, 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 and there was no compassion. There was no love. 
There was no turning people to the love of God anymore. And that was what Jesus was trying to do. He was trying to, in this very dark time, in this very dark culture of, of law and rules, and, and if you break the law, you're out of here. And, and Jesus was this light, this refreshing, this, this beacon. I mean, people followed him. People followed him because there was something about him. There was something different. And remember, Jesus even said himself, I, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to get rid of it. I didn't come to say that that, that is not sin anymore. What I came to do is I, I, I took that sin upon myself. So it now has no power on you. Do you understand? This is something we need to understand as Christians today. Because what is happening is our, our world is becoming very gray. Right? The, the lines are becoming very blurred. What is right and wrong? Really, we're, we're coming, and the Bible even talks about this, that, that day and age where, where, you know, it's whatever it is that you want it to be. But that's wrong. Jesus never even came to say what was, you know, what was the law isn't the law anymore. No, what he did was he came to fulfill the law. That's what makes salvation so powerful, you guys, is, is the wages of sin is still death. But Jesus paid the price. Jesus took sin and death upon himself. And this is the good news. This is what, what, what he is trying to convey to the world. This is what, you know, through the darkness that he is trying to penetrate and say, listen, yes, have you sinned? Yes. But he says in this, listen, if you follow me, and let me, let me read it again in, in verse 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads you. Amen? So let's, let's look at just some points that I kind of want to talk more about the light and this idea of, of light. What is light and, and where does the origin of light come from? Even Job, if you guys are familiar uh, with the book of Job in the Old Testament, you know, Job's the guy that no one ever wants to talk about or no one ever wants to, you know, relate to, you know, no one ever wants to be called a Job, right? Because Job had everything taken away from him. Y'all remember that guy? But even Job asks the question, where does light come from and, and where does the darkness go? It says that in Job 38, 19. But in Genesis 1, 3, it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Jeremiah 31, 35, it, it is the Lord who provides the sun to light the day and the moon and stars to light the night. Psalm 36, 9, for you are the fountain of life, the light by which I see, uh, is what the psalmist writes. Psalm 104, 2, you are dressed in a robe of light. Revelations 21, 24, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated. That is, the, the Lamb is its light. And Isaiah 60, 20, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. You guys, God is the source of all light. Without God, what, what are we left with? So what is darkness? The definition of darkness is devoid of light or the absence of light. That is, that is what darkness means, right? You can't turn darkness on, right? You can turn light on and you can turn light off, but you ever, nobody ever says, hey, go turn the darkness on, right? What do they say? Go turn the light off, 
right? We, we understand this concept that, that darkness only happens when you remove light from it. That, that is what darkness is, is the removal of light. And that if, if anything, that we need to understand that when the Bible is talking about darkness, right? You know, it's not just a visit, visual thing. It's that when we're talking about spiritual darkness, this is, that it's literally the removal of God's presence. Because if God is the source of light, and if God is in that place, right, then darkness has to flee, Darkness has to flee, and any time that we understand this and bring God's light into a situation, darkness has to flee. So let me tell you, if you are sensing darkness in your life, if you are sensing darkness in your home, then bring the light of God into it, because then darkness will have to flee. Just like we don't turn the darkness on, we turn the light on. So turn the light on in your lives. Turn the light on in your homes. Turn the light on in your business or your, your jobs or your careers or your schools or wherever it is that you are. You allow the presence and the light of God, then darkness will have to flee. So what are the functions of light? Well, first function of light is for guiding, right? The light for guiding, like, like a lighthouse. Like a lighthouse. I love lighthouses. They're, they're beautiful. In fact, have you ever been over to someone's house? They're really into lighthouses, right? You know, I know a couple people like that. You walk into their house, whoa, you like lighthouses. You know, either their whole bathroom is decorated and they got lighthouses everywhere and the, car, you know, the, little, the little carpet mats and there's a little lighthouse on it, you know. But lighthouses are actually, you know, pretty cool. They're, they're, there's a functionality to them. They're not just for looks, Right? They're not just these structures, you know, that just kind of, oh, that looks different. There's actually a, a functionality to them, you know. They, they are for, you know, when ships are coming in and, and, and they can't see and it's what? It's what? It's dark, you know. There's a mist, there's clouds. And, and what is the only thing that they can use to penetrate through this darkness so that these ships won't crash against rocks or crash against, you know, this cliff or something like that. They put a light on top of this house. Wow, brilliant, right? Brilliant. It literally guides them in. It says, hey, this right here, safe harbor. There is safety. If you follow the light right here, safety. Don't go that way. Don't go that way where it's dark. Follow the light. Come this way. It guides. It guides. And the light, of course, the light of Jesus guides us to God. Jesus is always pointing us back to God. Psalm 43.3, it says, Send out your light and your truth to guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. It also guides us to a better life. God gave us his word as a lamp to help guide the way. I love the Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's interesting that it uses uh, the word lamp. And, and I actually never understood this until I heard another sermon about it. But if you were in a dark place and, and you're, you're holding the lamp, really that's only enough. How many have ever gone camping, right? And, and, and it's dark, right? I mean, there's no street lamps and all sorts like that. And you've got your little flashlight. What is it only lighting up? What's in front of you? 
right? You cannot see behind you. You cannot see, you know, usually to the left or to the right of you. It is only lighting up your, your path. And that is literally this picture when, when, you know, David is writing this, that you will be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, that God will literally illuminate the only direction you need to see, right? It's all you need to see is where you are going. You don't need to see where you've been. You don't necessarily see to the right of you. You don't necessarily need to see to the left of you. That's not important. You are a lamp unto my feet, and you are a light unto my path. The light is used for guiding us. You guys, this is why. I've been a a children's pastor. I have been a youth pastor I have been, I've done mission trips before, and let me tell you, the one thing that remains the same is the Word of God. I want to encourage you to be in the Word of God. I know it's difficult. I know our world pulls at us. I know, and let me tell you, if you have to take it in small bites, then take it in small bites. Don't feel like you have to read an entire chapter or anything like that. You, 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 know, you devour the word of God how you can, you know, at your own pace, but be in it. Why? Because it's essential. It is literally the light that will light up the path. So if you're one of those people saying, I'm lost. I, I don't know where to go. I keep, to see, keep you know, banging my head up against the same wall over and over and over, right? Then be in the word of God, which is the lamp that will light your path, that will give you the answers that you are looking for, that will encourage you in those times that you need to be encouraged, that will give you the promises and remind you of the promises of God. Number two, the the light is for exposing, right? Like an ultraviolet light. How many of you have ever watched, uh, I haven't seen this show in a while, but there was a show uh, where this guy goes into hotels and he helps like fledgling hotels. Have you guys seen that one? Hotel restoration or I don't know what it was called. There's tons of them now. But they go in and they, they, they take an old dilapidated hotel and this guy comes in and he's slick and he's got the nice suit on and he walks in. Well, one of the things that he does, and it's disgusting, but he takes an ultraviolet light and he goes and he starts, he goes along the walls. He literally goes into a clean room. He goes on the sheets and the sheets are filthy. They hadn't even washed them. They were just making the bed so they could save on money and time. It was disgusting. But an ultraviolet light is for exposing, right? It exposes things. And, 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 and it exposes, you know, the light of God, one of the things it does is it exposes our sin. In Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. Now, you may think to yourself, whoa, this is scary. But what is good about exposing things that are hidden is that you get to deal with it, right? You get to deal with that problem. In fact, one of the things that sometimes people are most scared about coming to church is they're like, you know what? I know I've got stuff to deal with, and I don't want to deal with it. And by the way, that's been me before. I've been there. I've had things hidden in the closet. I've had things hidden in the darkness. I've had, God, don't you dare. Oh, you did it. You opened that, dang it, you opened that closet. There it is. But you know what's beautiful about the love of God? And we saw it demonstrated in the story. God says, I don't condemn you. 
I shine a light on it, right? Because I want you to deal with it. I want you to clean it up. I want it out of your life because it's cancerous to you, but I don't condemn you. Your sins have been forgiven you. Go and sin no more, Jesus says. And Jesus says that to us. It exposes our sin, but it also, the light exposes the lies of the enemy. In Mark 4.22, for everyone, everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought into the light. What's amazing right now about the culture that we live in, about the world that we live in, and with all the media and all that stuff, is one moment, one person is like, you know, on top of the world, and then literally months later, something has come out about this, oh my gosh, this big, you know, whether it was a political person or a big CEO of a company or whatever like that, and you're finding about their personal lives, and you're like, oh my gosh, and they're being removed, and they're being fired, and they're being, you know, it really, every time I see something like that happen, I think to myself of that scripture, There is nothing, there is no one that will be able to hide because the truth will always come out. The light of God will always reveal. And so here's what I always say to the church. You have an option. You can either expose the light in a private setting, right? You can find people that that you trust You can find people that will come alongside of you and you can expose it yourself. Or if you don't, if you don't, God will expose it publicly. Not that he wants to do that, but if you hide it long enough, it will have to come out. And normally when it happens, it happens in a very public setting where kind of everybody finds out about it. But that's the thing. We have the opportunity. That's why the Bible says confess your sins to one another. Because then what will happen? Then you will be healed. Confess your sins to one another. Then you will be healed. You can deal with things in private. You can deal with your sin in private where it doesn't have to be plastered all over social media. But let me tell you this. As a warning, because it is the, the truth of God, it will come out. It will get exposed one way or the other. And third, this is my last point, the light for inviting Kind of like a a hotel vacancy sign, right? I it, it makes me think of you know the story of 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 the birth of Jesus when when you know Mary and Joseph that they're looking and and all the hotel vacancy signs said no vacancy, right? No vacancy. There's no room here at the inn. But yet Jesus still the light of the world still was born. He was born in such a humble situation. And even in that humble situation, the light shone so bright that even shepherds came and bowed down and worshiped him. The light for inviting. Jesus, you guys, invites us. Jesus also said in John 14, 6, I am the the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, God, because we have this light through Jesus, now he uses us. Now we become the light of the world, right? We become. In, in Job thirty-three twenty-eight. God rescued me from the grave, and now my life is filled with light. Luke eleven thirty-six. 36, if you are filled with light, with no dark corners, 
then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. You guys, one of the things that we need to do, and this is my last point, is because of the light of Christ, is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, then we become the light of the world. We should become a reflection of Christ, of our creator. Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Luke eleven thirty three. 33, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. So here's the truth, you guys. There is so much darkness in our world, right? We can see it. We can turn on the television. In fact, some of us may be able to even just walk out our front doors and, and witness it. The world is dark. But there is an answer to that darkness, and that is light. But here's the thing. You need to bring the light into those dark places. You guys, that is why we started this church. It wasn't just to have a place to gather and, and hang out with friends, even though that's what we do, and even though that's, we're building relationships. But it was hopefully to, to bring light to maybe a, a, a dark corner of this community. I, I don't know if you guys know, I'm very familiar with this community because I grew up here. But this, you know, we can go right out here and we have homeless living underneath the freeways, right? We have people that are struggling. We have, you know, I, I was raised by that single mom living in that apartment across the street. I know what it feels like. I know when the world feels dark and when you feel like, is there any hope? You guys, that is why we are here. That is why we are doing this. And what I am asking of all of you is, hey, can we unite together as the body of Christ? And can we let our light shine as bright as we can in this spot? And can we, as we heal and help ourselves, can we go out and can we be a light into the world? And to be honest with you, you guys, we do not have to go far. We do not have to take but just a few steps to bring light to the darkness. You guys, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. And what's the good news is the light is here. The light is here. 